This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hold on, hold on. I can't find my chapstick. I can't do radio show without my chapstick. I know it sounds crazy, but we once asked you the question, if you were stranded on a desert island and could only have one personal item, like one bathroom slash toiletry, what would it be? Without a doubt, mine would be chapstick. I get very distracted when I don't have this, when my lips are dry. So I found it. We're good now, but it was in a pocket that I just, I didn't expect it to be over there. So here I am, and it's the hump show. Can you hear it? When I start out talking about chapstick, you should just know. (laughs) And we add more into the mix, as if we didn't already have enough between the NFL and everything that comes along with the NFL, and this week the owners meeting, so even extra drama there. Between the NFL and college football, which is deep into its conference play, We've already had the NHL a week ago, and now we've got NBA opening night. In addition to our four major team sports, this is the only month in which they're all playing games that count because of baseball postseason, two games on Tuesday. It's a twofer. It's a twofer Tuesday. I mean, there's headlines this week coming out of the golf world coming out, and I'm, we're not going to spend a lot of time on them, but headlines coming out of the NASCAR world. We're just a few weeks away from the World Cup, as in the grandest stage in all of sports. <laughs> just, I keep thinking, it's going to slow down at some point, not this time of the year, really, but that's my thought process for all of 2022. Oh, yeah, it's going to slow down at some point. There'll be a breather. Nope, no breather. Uh, Producer Jay and I were just trying to figure out when we can get back to our YouTube channel and what we are going to do because we generate a bunch of good ideas and then we end up not having a lot of time to be able to implement them. But we've come up with, and by we, I mean Jay, because this is definitely not from my brain, carving a pumpkin as in an actual pumpkin. Huh. I, this is, I'm telling you the God's honest truth. I've never carved a pumpkin. Maybe I was part of a pumpkin carving thing at a party when I was a kid, but we didn't do pumpkin things at my house. Pumpkins are sacred anyway. Why are we carving them up? Why are we ruining a perfectly pretty pumpkin? I love pumpkins. I love pumpkin everything. I've just never cut into a pumpkin. Touching the pumpkin or- Honestly, I don't know the first thing about carving a pumpkin. Do you take the knife and you go around the top and take the top off? Jay said something about the guts of the pumpkin. I, 
We're going to gut the pumpkin? I can't remember doing it. It's been a long time if I have. Yeah, I just remember it's a what messy, is wrong with us? messy process where you got to, like, gut the thing and, like, get all the seeds out. And Do you think we're the only two people right now listening to the sound of our voices or anywhere that have never carved a pumpkin? We'd have to watch a YouTube video to make a YouTube video about carving a pumpkin. Yeah, we would. Is I that would, allowed? Of course that's allowed. That's the YouTube, huh. you know. Might lose my radio host card. No, it's not. It's not really a radio thing. But we're going to make it a radio thing because the revelation that neither one of us has ever carved a pumpkin, or at least not that we can remember. So honestly, what do you, someone tell me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, how do you carve a pumpkin? How do you start carving a pumpkin? I can decorate a pumpkin. I think we might need like a kit. You never see like a pumpkin carving kit. It has like the little serrated knife. I and, have uh, knives. Don't like you operation. worry. I've got plenty of knives. It might be like the special one though, I think. No, I have so many knives. Pumpkin carving knives? Well, and the problem is if we decide, of course, it's got to be. The, I mean, they don't make special pumpkin carving knives. Know. No. Uh, we're not buying a kit to carve our pumpkin. We're adults. We can do this. <laughs> I just think it's hysterical that we might have to watch a video for someone to tell us how to carve a pumpkin, and then we're going to make a video of us carving the pumpkin. Yeah, seriously, what's the first thing you do when you carve a pumpkin? Because your host honestly does not know. I'm going to go with you take the top off. You carve a, a big hole around the stem. You pull the top off, and then we have to empty the pumpkin. Yeah, empty it. I, I mean, empty it. Can, top... we, can we vacuum it? Can we just vacuum oh, the guts out of nice, it? That sounds better than using my let's, hands to scoop it yeah, out. Yeah, let's use your family's vacuum and not mine. I think I have a shop vac in the garage Do, somewhere. Oh, could you imagine if we filled your shop vac with pumpkin <laughs> guts and seeds? I don't know. If and then you just put it. you just put it back in the garage. <laughs> That's it for next year. And just pretended like you have no idea what happened. It wasn't me. I don't know. Ne- what are you talking neighborhood about? Neighborhood hooligans <laughs> coming around just sucking people's t- pumpkins off their porch. They took the. Uh, they took the uh, shop vac and then put it back. <laughs> they, stole yeah, it, they stole it, vacuumed up pumpkin guts, and then put it back. <laughs> they have a very specific need for it. <laughs> okay, now this is a, it, it's semi-serious here. Someone tell us what you do. How do you get started carving a pumpkin? But then what? Once all the guts are out, do you carve the eyeballs? Do pumpkins have eyeballs? I guess at that point, it's uh, your own imagination. Oh, no. I just have this feeling you and I are not going to have the same vision for our pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna distract people with Halloween candy. That's what ha- that's what needs to happen. Yeah, Halloween candy's gotta also, get in there. Also, I just want you to know, I have a lot of gifts and talents, but art is not one of them. And I can't draw a stick figure with a ruler. So if this requires some kind of like drawing or, uh oh. I mean, I got news for you. I'm not much better, probably. So oh, this no. should be fun. Maybe this is a bad idea. Should we not? We'll make aim. a video for all the world to see our art deficiency. We'll aim small for the, you know, the. <gasps> oh, just a little image. bitty pumpkin? Oh. <laughs> for what? We're, we're not, we're not we'll be splitting the atom with our drawing. You here. are the one that told me there is nothing you cannot find on YouTube. So we're going to watch a YouTube video of carving a pumpkin and then turn that into our own YouTube video of carving a pumpkin. That's the plan. I feel like it's cheating, but. Okay. Uh, we, can, we could just go in and just see what happens. Kind of like we did the Wordle. We had no idea how to play. We just went right into it. Well, no, we did do a little bit of research Mm -hmm. ahead of time. But the only thing is that once it's on video, it never goes away. I'm not sure I want this to be a lasting impression that people have of me that I do not know how to carve a pumpkin or that I cut off a finger trying to carve a pumpkin. (laughs) Then we'll get the proper training. 
Will we? Okay. Yeah, we'll get the training and we'll go huh. in. I mean, I teach I teach fourth and fifth graders every single Sunday at my church, so there's a good chance one of them knows how to carve a pumpkin and could tell me what to do. Like a mentor? No. <laughs> like a little yeah, like a little pumpkin monster. It's, okay, this is gonna be fun. Maybe. I mean, I'm not above being completely embarrassed for the sake of YouTube material. What's the what's the difference? If you can't carve a pumpkin, <laughs> at least people can laugh. There you go. <laughs> but that's the part that I it's really confusing. I don't know how you would start. I'm gonna go with the top. What do you think you start with? You just stab the pumpkin and out come the guts? I think <laughs> no. that would be amazing. But I think I almost think... <laughs> like breaking a dam. You're just like you put a crack in the dam and the guts just come pouring out. <laughs> I would definitely carve more pumpkins if that was the case. Ooh, I could work out some major aggression by stabbing a pumpkin. I feel like you, the, you take the top off and, like, rip out the stem and clear out the insides, but I'm not sure if maybe the, it's the bottom, because I know the end goal is to get a candle in there, right? Or mm. So do you want to place that candle through the top? Do you just put the pumpkin over the candle through the bottom? We're going to add Question. fire to the mix. Now, that, to me, seems relatively dangerous. Maybe we don't have to make a face on our pumpkin. We can just to. put holes in it. Just a bunch of <laughs> random holes, like a SpongeBob. <laughs> Cheese, Swiss cheese. There we go, Swiss cheese pumpkin. <laughs> that's funny. All right, so that's just random, but it seems to fit for the hump show, and it definitely seems to fit for the, this uh, this stage of October where there's so much going on that we need a little comic relief. You might need some comic relief too, and I'll bet there's plenty of you who are much better at carving pumpkins than we will ever be. So uh, we'll, we'll have fun with it. And yes, we'll put it on video. <laughs> oh no. Why do I say things like this? Why don't I think about them first before I speak up? It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. We're li- I just want everyone to know it's uh, producer Jay's idea. I just wanted to do something to do with football or Halloween candy. And he, he thought p- carving a pumpkin would be brilliant. So if it all goes horribly wrong, I'm definitely pointing the finger at you. I'm not going down with the pumpkin chip. That's all you. I'll die on this hill. (laughs) All right. No dying. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Cam. So you can find me again on Twitter, A-Law Radio. And if you have any advice about carving a pumpkin, Please, I am all ears and eyeballs. <laughs> and then on our Facebook page, too, we should throw it out there. I mean, it's not like there's anything happening in sports. <laughs> we had, of course, two baseball games on Tuesday. We had game five taking place in the Bronx. Lots of babies rocking in the Bronx between the Guardians and the Yankees. And we will get to that coming up. But we also had game one of the NLCS. And in a word... The Phillies pitching, absolutely brilliant. The fact that two solo home runs is all it took to win this game on the road. That should tell you how stifling the pitching from Zach Wheeler, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and then Jose Alvarado. Those three guys really did not allow the Padres' room to take a breath. Uncomfortable, off balance, 11 strikeouts. It was very economical when it came to the pitching. In fact, the entire game, if you add up the total number of pitches thrown, 
there were 109 pitches thrown by the three Phillies hurlers. That's it. 109 pitches to get through the entire game. 27 Padre outs, 109 pitches. I'm not sure you'll ever see a game pitched as brilliantly, especially on the road in hostile territory. And yes, Zach Wheeler started it off. And then the two relievers that came in for the eighth and the ninth picked up where he left off. Seriously, 109 pitches. That's it. And we did get some fireworks. Now, they were relatively limited shows, but the two big bats for the Phillies that have really done damage in this postseason showed up for game one of the NLCS. 1-0 pitch. Swung on, hit high in the air, left field. This one's got a chance. Profar going back to the track, at the wall. He jumps, he's out of room, it's gone! And Bryce Harper has homered to left field. And the Phillies have a one to nothing lead. Just a towering fly ball to straightaway left. And it had just enough legs to get over the wall, and the Phillies lead it one nothing. He's got three infielders on the right side as Darvish kicks and deals. Swung on his hit. Wow. Deep to right field. <laughs> Titanic shot into the second deck. Wow. The Phillies take a 2-0 lead. Kyle Schwarber signals to the bullpen as he gets to second base. That was as long a home run as you're going to see here at Petco Park. 488 feet. 488 feet? I read that it was the longest playoff home run since 2017. And that Schwarber, who actually had been in a bit of a postseason slump, so he'd gone one for his last 20, he got not only his entire dugout, but the fans in the stands in awe. Even if you are Padres fans, which obviously the majority of them there in San Diego at Petco Park were cheering for the Padres. That was one heck of a shot. (laughs) 488 feet. Now, I didn't hear this particular comment from Kyle Schwarber, but I saw it on Twitter. Somebody asked him after the game what it felt like to hit a ball 488 feet, and he said it doesn't feel like anything. What? What? That's odd. I don't see any Kyle Schwarber. Did he not speak? Huh. I feel like everybody would want to talk to Kyle Schwarber after that, but maybe he wasn't in the mood. However, all of his teammates, his manager, they were all intrigued, and they were focused on that moment, like Bryce Harper, who, again, had his own home run. Yeah, I haven't seen a ball hit like that in a long time. Uh, I mean, or if ever. I mean, he uh, that was pretty incredible. I mean, that was, <laughs> it was fun to watch. 488 feet. (laughs) And as much as that was a blast that you remember, if you saw it, in fact, if you go and you check it out on social now, um, it's one that will stick with you because of the power, obviously the speed with which it got out of the park, which was crazy, uh, that exit velo, and I'm not generally into this, only that if you can tell a ball is flying like a laser out of the park, it's going that fast, I do think it's interesting to compare Um, It was nearly 120 miles per hour. And no other home run has ever reached the right field upper deck at Petco Park. And this was 
It was a moonshot. It was a laser. It was all of those things. <laughs> and so Schwarber, um, with the 46 home runs during the regular season, which were tops in the National League, uh, he tattooed that ball. And then his, well, that not his pitchers, but you know what I mean. The Phillies pitchers did the rest. Um, the fact that they were able to limit the Padres to just a single hit, uh, I thought was pretty was pretty powerful too. Um, anything that the Padres wanted to do it got squashed. <laughs> I mean, the, the Phillies only had three hits themselves, uh, but the Padres couldn't generate any runs going into the ninth inning. They'd have only had two runners on base. That's what we're talking about here. The 109 pitches as economical and efficient as you can possibly be with three different guys, only two runners on base, one hit, and obviously no runs. And Zach Wheeler started it off for his manager, Rob Thompson. Zach's performance was outstanding. I mean, through 24 pitches in the first inning and then sell right in, got a lot of first pitch outs. Um, Two-seamer was <laughs> really good. Uh, all his pitches were good, secondary pitches. And, um, you know, Gave us seven quality innings and can't say can't say more about it. Went out there, threw threw ahead of a game. Um, couldn't string any uh, runners together and that's a couple guys on base. So he was throwing strikes. He was pounding the zone. I mean, through uh, you know he was, he was attacking the zone. Um, you know we just hit the ball, couldn't find the gap. Um, hit a couple hard hit balls, just right at guys. So, um, but he was just attacking the zone. That was definitely the case. There were some balls that were hit hard, but the defense for the Phillies was positioned perfectly. The calls with Scott Fransky on Phillies radio, and it's not like you Darvish pitched poorly. Uh, he only gave up three hits, and two of them happened to be the solo home runs to Harper and Schwarber. He went seven. He only threw 95 pitches, and he struck out seven. But again, comparing that with Wheeler, with how quickly he was going through the lineup, 95 pitches for you Darvish, only 83 for Wheeler. My goodness, he could turn around and be a reliever out of the bullpen in game number two if they needed him. So about the most perfect game that you could have drawn up for the Phillies in the opener of the NLCS. And I'm not a huge believer in the team that's hot or has the most momentum always ends up advancing or catch lightning in a bottle, that kind of thing. I, I'm definitely not a a huge proponent of team of destiny because so many things have to happen. I do not believe in luck when it comes to these types of things like winning a, a championship, but I will say this again about the Phillies the, and, and these two teams were the last two in into the playoffs in the national league. Phillies were the last team in the playoffs overall last team to punch its ticket. They were the third team in the NL East, right? So they've spent most of their season climbing out of a hole when they change managers, and remember, we talked with John Kincaid earlier in the week. If you didn't hear it, then he pointed to Rob Thompson as a guy who was able to to allow them a little more freedom, a little flexibility to be themselves. He didn't run a tight ship, uh, doesn't run a tight ship, uh, just not so buttoned up and and tight, I guess, would be the right word for it. Um, and it makes a lot of guys tense. And so that's the way that Joe Girardi was brought up in the Yankees organization. That's a lot of, of his generation with the New York Yankees. And it just didn't fit with this group of Phillies. And so when Rob Thompson took over and allowed these guys some freedom and and kind of took the, took the tension away 
and wasn't so much about the rules, wasn't so much about the discipline, wasn't so much about everybody falling into line. It's like a breath of fresh air. Feeling like, okay, now we're comfortable. Now we can do what we do best. But they did have a hole to dig out of. And they were staring up at the Mets and the Braves in the NL East. They were in a battle with other teams for these wild cards in the National League. And they've been in this mode now where they've had to fight for their playoff lives. Another great example would be the Washington Nationals in 2019. They faced elimination a dozen times in the playoffs. And they had been below 500 earlier in the season. There's something to be said for having to live on the edge and having nothing handed to you and staying in that kind of fight or flight mode, (laughs) that high adrenaline and recognizing what it takes to win. And the Phillies have been in that space for a long time. They only had 87 wins. Compared to some of the other teams that we've already seen exit from the playoffs, doesn't seem like a whole lot. But they earned them all. And they put themselves in a big hole and had to climb out of it. And a lot of times that breeds chemistry. Facing adversity together. Turning things around. Figuring out how to win. You're in the foxhole, so to speak. And fighting through that adversity very often if you have the right leadership, can build chemistry and cohesion on your roster and in your clubhouse. And that's where the Phillies are. But that's also where the Padres are after half their roster turned over at the trade deadline. So Phillies are up one nothing, And top of next hour, we're going to head to San Diego and get a perspective from... Uh, well, it's from actually from our affiliate there in San Diego with Sammy Levitt, who will join us to talk about the Padres and how they rebound. 97.3 The Fan, or you can also listen on the Odyssey app if you're outside of San Diego. In the meantime, it is our hump show, which means you can ask Amy anything. We'll do that a little bit later on. So send your questions to our show Twitter after our CBS or to our Facebook page. We're glad to have you with us. We're already seeing your suggestions about how you carve a pumpkin. Oh, and how about this? Thomas would like us to consider a pie-eating contest for November. No, Jay, Jay, I mean, I could do that with both hands tied behind my back. Okay, never mind, I don't want to do that. I am a pie connoisseur, especially if I make the pie. Eating challenges are very popular on YouTube, I gotta say. Is that because people look like idiots and get food all over their faces. I don't know why that is. I guess that's the people like to see people eat a lot of food very quickly. I don't know. Huh. I mean, I watch it sometimes, so. Only if it's pumpkin pie. That good. That's it. Oh, or pump the pumpkin cheesecake I had over the weekend. Oh, now we're talking. Oh cheesecake my gosh. Challenge. It was so smooth. It just, it wasn't too rich. I mean, it melted in your mouth. How many pieces of cheesecake could you do before? I feel like I'm like one or two. And then well, like- I see the thing is I don't want to because I work really hard at being healthy and not turning into an elephant or a hippo and so I don't I feel like I don't want to throw that all out the window by eating four pieces of pie (laughs) in five minutes right like that's different because you are you're well someday you'll get old and then it won't be as easy as it is for you right now just wait just wait I was there I was in your space where I could eat anything I wanted anytime all the time and didn't have to exercise although I've always loved exercise but anyway yeah that's the only thing is I think it would be fun but maybe we can get someone else to challenge you for pie because I don't, I, 
I mean, we're talking about my entire holiday caloric intake if we do a pie-eating contest. I'd rather do the cheesecake. (laughs) Okay, pumpkin carving it is because we're not eating the pumpkin. But maybe I'll make some pumpkin s'mores. Always welcome. Ooh, yes. Jay loves it when I bake and he eats. I do like that. (laughs) We're going to hit Yankees and Guardians, a game five in the Bronx. It was delayed about uh, 16 hours or so, uh, but they did get that game five in, and the Stars came out to play, and there were lots of babies hanging out in the Bronx, too. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Runners lead first and second with one man out. And the 2-0. Swung on and entered the air to right center and deep. That ball is gone. Oh my. It is a Stantonian home run. A three run blast into the right center field seats. Giancarlo. Non si può scopalo. Now the Yankees in this ultimate game take a very quick 3 0 lead. 1-0 1-0 coming to judge. And the bit swung on. Hit in the air to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. It is a judging blast. That beautiful inside-out swing, drilling it in the right center field seats. Aaron Judge. And everyone rise. Here comes the judge. He homers and the Yankees take a 4-0 lead. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. John Sterling morphs from all rise to everyone rise. They changed the phrase in courtrooms. Everyone rise, not all rise. That's John Sterling on Yankees radio. And it uh, actually was was really uh, kind of, it was fun because I don't always uh, see these moments live. A lot of times I'm watching events on DVR, and so I don't see them at the exact time when they happen. But I had the Yankees game on TV, and then I went out to walk Penny. And I came back inside. I gave Penny her treat. I walked into the living room. Aaron Judge at bat. 
First pitch I saw, home run. All rise. <laughs> it was actually, I was getting ready to go into the kitchen and grab my computer or something and uh, off the kitchen table. And I thought, no, you know what? You never know what could happen when Aaron Judge takes a pitch. And it was a bit of a lazy curveball that he was able to to really muscle out over the wall. Now, it didn't go 488 feet, but a home run is a home run. And Nestor Cortez, he did the job. He was really excited, he said, to be able to get the ball for game five because it was delayed to Tuesday. Lasted five innings, allowed a run on just three hits and a walk through 61 pitches. And ultimately, the Guardians were not able to generate much offense uh, at all in this game. Two on, two out. Top of the ninth. Pitch. Hit on the ground, a short. Go to second, force in time. Ball game over. American League Division Series over. Yankees win. The Yankees <laughs> win. And the Yankees now go to the American League Championship Series as they face off against the Houston Astros. That was his last breath. He used every bit of breath he had. And if he hadn't stopped talking there, he's going to keel over from lack of oxygen. <laughs> oh, John Sterling. I think it's hysterical. Uh, not, And I don't mean this just about John, but I think it's hysterical. Uh, the Some of the personalities that we have in Major League Baseball. And fans get so attached to their favorites, right? And now there's even a John Sterling cam. Or there at least there was... Um, for every single one of the Aaron Judge at bats, just waiting for him to hit 60 and then 61 and then 62. Now he's on camera because, you know, if it's not on camera, if there's not photos, it, it didn't happen these days. So both Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge go deep, and the Yankees are essentially, uh, well, I don't think they're undefeated, but I think that they win the vast majority of their games when the two of them uh, both go deep. And so now it's on to battle the Astros. And I... This, to me, is really interesting, Marco. The fact that in the National League, we have the last two wild cards to get in, right? Phillies mm -hmm. and Padres were the last two teams to make it in. Right. But in the American League, we have the two teams with the most wins. I don't. It's just such a strange dichotomy between American League and National League. New format. You didn't know what you were going to get. And, yeah, I mean, we got 300-win teams already bounced. Yes. And now you got... Crazy. Only one still remaining in the Yankees that won 99 on the other side. Mm. Amazing run by the Guardians. Youngest team in Major League Baseball. Maybe expected to be part of the mix for a wild card in the American League. But it was supposed to be the division belonging to the Chicago White Sox. And the Guardians turned this into a runaway win in the AL Central. They're a really good team. They're tough to score against. They pitch really well. They catch the ball. They put so much pressure on you. We hit some big. We hit the ball out of the ballpark, which was which was big for us, and obviously played a big role in it today. It was a, you know, as competitive a series as you can have. You know, going five games, a little bit of back and forth. They pulled one out late on us. I don't know what necessarily the difference was, but it was a it was a hard fought, close series. They're hurting right now because they care, and they worked unbelievably hard. But I hope as that wears off, they'll realize just how proud we are of them and how much we care about them. And I also reminded them that this needs to be a, a starting place for us. This can't just be a good story this year. We need to take this and go and because and, I think we have a chance to have something really special. This is, uh, this is the most special group I've ever been a part of, and you know, I look forward to coming to the clubhouse every single day. Um, what a joy these these young guys, the staff, really everybody are 
what a joy to work with. Um, and um, it's, it's a year I'm never going to forget. Our plan was to shock the world through the whole thing, you know. <laughs> we uh, went in the division was the first part, wild card round. We put ourselves in position to beat the Yankees, and, you know, we wanted to win the World Series. But that's um, a good Yankees team. But the cool thing is now we got a bunch of dudes with, with a ton of playoff experience and <laughs> about the most hostile environment you can imagine. And uh, watch out for the guards next year. Austin Hedges, and I do believe that. I'm a big believer in the experience, even if you get bounced in the playoffs, to make it, um, to be able to get there and taste it for the first time. And in the case of many of these guys, it's their first time. And Austin makes a great point. They had to do it in Cleveland, in Cleveland, in New York, which was such a big deal um, because this is the team, right, that every year has World Series expectations out of the American League. Now, it becomes a completely different animal for the Yankees because we're talking about the Astros, who are in a record sixth consecutive American League Championship Series. Six in a row. I guess you could call them cheaters and say, oh, la, la, they're banging on trash cans. And I get it. It was a big deal that year they won the World Series. But there's no possible way, if you care about the truth, if the truth is relevant, that you can say they cheated their way to sixth consecutive American League Championship Series. They are the team to beat in the American League, and they have been for most of the year, specifically the second half when the Yankees fell off. So we'll look at that series coming up. And actually, we'll... We'll look back to the the series that they played against each other. Uh, just such a strange series, too. Uh, both extremes for the Astros and the Yankees. And, of course, top of the hour, we're going to spend some time in San Diego. How do the Padres bounce back after being stymied in the opener of the NLCS? The NFL holding its owners' meetings. Oh, you know, it's a bunch of powerful people who... Uh, just got to make sure that they throw their weight around. Oh, my goodness. And Roger Goodell speaking out as well on a variety of topics. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a Touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Touchdown. Takes it himself to the pylon. Touchdown. One man to beat ten. He's gone. They throw in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. Hey, the guy missed. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tom steps center something into the end zone. Touchdown. To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to at After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855-212-4227. The Buffalo Bills. Hicks, Josh, looks to throw, looks in the end zone, fires a strike into the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. It is Dawson Knox, two yards deep in the, tu- in the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. An amazing strike. Thrown by Josh Allen to Dawson Knox for the score. 104 left on the clock. 
the Cincinnati Bengals. Burrow in the gun, Mixon to his left. Joe drops back to throw. His pass, caught by Chase at the 50, runs through an arm tackle. Nice. Down the oh, sideline. Baby. He's going to take it to the oh. house. Jamar Chase, a 60-yard oh. touchdown. Oh. And the Bengals have the lead with 1.57 to go. Unbelievable. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Long count, gets the snap. He's back. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown, Wow. Oh, a little stop route into some zone coverage. What a great job. Mitch seen it. He just seen it, man, and he let it go. He sees it, then he does it. The Indianapolis Colts. Three receivers to the left. Ryan throws down the near sideline, looking for Alec Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown. Touchdown. Alec Pierce spikes it into the end zone. You've got an hour left to vote for TD of the Week on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or on our Facebook page. And we got some game winners. We even had to leave out one game winner because we didn't have enough spots at our Twitter poll. But going backwards, Matt Taylor on Colts Radio, Alec Pierce from Matt Ryan, 32-yard variety with mere seconds left on the clock. Mitch Trubisky back on the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers after Kenny Pickett was knocked out of the game. He finds Chase Claypool for what turns out to be the game-winning TD. Steelers over the Buccaneers. How about Jamar Chase going 60 yards? Not only did he break out of a tackle but then and spun away from a tackle, but then has enough juice and energy to get by another tackler, would-be tackler, who's trying to cut off his angle on the sidelines. 60 yards in the Superdome as Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase return to Louisiana. And then Josh Allen and Dawson Knox and the game-winning touchdown with about a minute to go against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. So you can vote, again, on Twitter or Facebook for another hour, and we will reveal your choice for TD of the Week. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, also taking your questions for Ask Amy. And so you can find those spots on our social media as well. That's easy to do. You know, I feel as though we have got you trained like Pavlov's dogs. And that is not because I think you're dogs. So do not read into that. (laughs) Only that, you know, some of you send me questions before we ever get to our hump show. And you say... I know we're not quite there yet, but this is for Ask Amy. Uh, Or some of you send questions before the post is even up, which is fantastic. Now, those of you who are brand new, uh, we generally are not going to tell you who wins the Super Bowl. That's not uh, something that we do here on the show. And a lot of times the questions are outside of the sports realm, actually. They're they're not uh, part of the center ring of the circus. Instead, they kind of go off the beaten path. But I do not select the questions. That is producer Jay. Uh, So you're going to want to send the questions that you think might attract his interest, again, on Twitter or Facebook. So two games in, or I shouldn't say two games in, uh, two games down on Tuesday, one in the American League that sets up the ALCS and then the NLCS. And I, I am amazed at the different personalities that we're seeing from the Phillies and the Padres and really all the teams that are in the postseason. And we've had a more limited sample size of the Astros. They've only played three games so far, but we know who they are. 
Uh, we'll see whether or not Justin Verlander rebounds in the ALCS. <laughs> just the the Justin Verlander who's pitched the last six games in the postseason is not the one that we saw uh, prior to that. Going back to the days when. Uh, you know, he was part of not just a Tigers team that went to the World Series and he won uh, Cy Young MVP, but also uh, joining the Houston Astros in 17 when they were able to to catapult themselves to a World Series. You know, I ha- I can't I can't help it. They did, in fact, win the World Series that year. There's <laughs> not a whole lot that I can do to change that. And I could continue to add the asterisk to it. But it is what it is. It's it's going to remain in the history book, similar to Barry Bonds being the all-time home run king. Um, but I did see this line about Justin Verlander that I thought was interesting. Um, that there a very specific reason why he did not pitch well in in the game um, the game that he pitched he pitched to start the ALDS. Uh, sorry, I'm trying to find it while I'm doing because I remember I don't want to get it wrong um, because I saw it and I kind of chuckled at it. Um, but he is looking he's looking for it to be a completely different thing uh, when they start the ALCS here. And going back to the Astros and the Yankees during the regular season, all of their games were kind of stuffed together. And it was four games in New York. Was it four games in New York? And then it was two games or three games in Houston. Um, two games in Houston, I guess it was a doubleheader. Uh, and it was it was so strange because the Yankees never led in any of those games except for the two in which they walked off. And they had such a hard time with the Astros pitching. Well, it's the same pitching. Um, although, again, if, if you're thinking about Justin Verlander and the way that he's been over the course of his last six postseason starts, um, maybe it's not quite as scary as what we saw during the regular season, but he's still Justin Verlander. Calf injury, he said, really screwed up his mechanics. He said it was a small kind of tweak of his calf that led to all of his mechanics being completely thrown off. I mean, who am I to say? I'm sure Justin Verlander is very well aware of every little thing that's happening in his body. But he believes that that's what threw off his mechanics in that first start against the Mariners. All right, so he gave up six runs on 10 hits, and he's sure that he knows why that happened. A tweaked calf throwing off his mechanics. The body of work, though, is so impressive. 33 career postseason starts. I mean, what are you, Tom Brady? 33 career postseason starts when he takes the ball for game one coming up on Wednesday for the Astros against the Yankees. And the Yankees are going to have to figure out a way to hit. They did not hit well against the Astros during the regular season. As I say, they were no hit. They were nearly no hit a second game in a row until Aaron Judge hit a walk-off home run. I hope I'm getting these details correct. It was over a weekend. It's like a Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. And they nearly got no hit in back-to-back games until Aaron Judge hit a walk-off. It was feast or famine for the Yankees. And the only time they were able to come up with the the hits to win the two games they did were in the late stages where they delivered walk-offs. 
but not against the starting pitchers for the Astros. So game one of the ALCS begins at Minute Maid Park coming up on Wednesday. And then game two, Phillies and Padres. We're going to talk about that straight ahead. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 